Skills. 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 Spit flows, whip shows, peep the recital Skills, now, you feel it when we drop those Hot beats, stop foes, killing shit, we got those Skills, it's the music that the street loves Each thug is now repping this with deep love Skills, gangstar, dueling again, ruling again Watch as we do it again It's the true and living with a youthful vengeance And I'ma judge Rathis, your ass, give you a crucial sentence You need at least 12 jewels to practice You're too enthusiastic, male groupie back Hello, everybody. This is Brandon McGrath with the Hella Podcast, and I'm here with Mr. John Toll, one of the handsomest men I know. Kind of a big brother to me. Smiley pies over here. Squints. Kumo D. Am I supposed to say something? You're just gonna keep. Just I don't know, man. I just, you're just. No, I, I like it. You're keep smiling. Going. Your, your smile at me is is amazing. <laughs> you, you light up my life with your smile. You light. You um, light up my life. <laughs> You do make me whole. What whole? Well, Ooh, there gross. you go. <laughs> JohnToll.com, everybody. Hi, how are you? John. I, I am. Uh, <laughs> I am. Um, I'm coming to you right now, absolutely sober. So um, no weed, no booze. This is just how rare. Me. How rare is that? Well, I, there are parts of the day when I'm working. Like when I'm on stage, I'm not. You know, I'm not all fucked up. You know what I mean? So it's just a matter of. So when you're, I get. So I'm in this. Uh, I'm just stoked. So what so, you're gonna hear is like the reason I'm smiling. Just this is what I'm. This is what I'm like. Well, I love that you're in a good mood, but but for our listeners who have no <laughs> fucking clue who you are, what you do, give them a little background. I, I'm a uh, I'm a stand-up comedian. I'm a voice actor. Uh, I've done a little bit of acting, mostly um, background work, where you know just be fat in the background of stuff. <laughs> you know, it's like I, I, I if I had to like run through the list, it's like. I've ran through a whorehouse and justified. Uh, I was a Chechen rebel uh, in Agent X. I was uh, lifting weights behind Gene Simmons and Angie Tribeca. I uh, was taking a picture of Nathan for you on the episode of the Dumb Starbucks. That's I was on that. Awesome. Um, that was just I just happened to be there when that was on there. So yeah, and when I'm and when I'm not uh, doing that, I have a. I have a metal band called Pit Boss 2000. Uh, we put out two records last year, and this is what I do. I, I spend all day just reading and meditating and just being uh, – I really don't believe any of this is real. I, <laughs> I, just, I, I, I can't stress it enough. Like right now – like this, this, is, this is where we're at. Like, like right now, the, the there's a story today. The scientists said that they are working on a technique where they are able to read the mind in real time as it's thinking. So like they're on the they have the ability to do that. So you look at where our computer our computing you know you're a computer guy yeah. yeah. So you look at our computer stuff started like where the power of our cell phone used to be a, a building a yeah complex, a whole fucking building a complex yeah. and then they narrowed it down to this and so as technology increases in speed it goes in and it gets smaller and smaller and smaller incrementally smaller yeah right now scientists can can mimic. One percent of brain activity um, in an artificial setting, it takes six hours 
to do one second of brain activity. But they said in six years, they're going to be able to have a brain that's operating on 100% in real time. So in the rise of the speed of computing, in the rise of virtual reality, in the completing of this thing that they are going to build, we may be currently already in the middle of something that was invented a long time ago. Yeah, we, we may be in the middle of this true might transcendence. Be, this might be a simulation. Yeah. This might be real life. We yeah. might just be organic organisms living on a ball in the middle of space. We don't act like it. I mean, I don't think, I mean, what's a might? What's a might when clearly the, the hypothesis that that is true is more correct than a lot of other hypotheses? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. I mean, so stuff like that, that's, I'm, or I'm, fa- I'm fascinated. So, that, like, things like that and, like, and I go, well, if, if, if nobody knows what's going on, we might as well the time. I feel like, I feel like people that, <laughs> I feel like people that contemplate their existence more often than not are more intelligent than the others around them. Uh, I feel like it's a it's kind of a symbiotic relationship with, with intelligence and actually living a, a full life is, is being able to understand that A, you're mortal, B, you are energy. You, you sure. know, you're not just, you know, you know, human, whatever form you take, it's still energy. Yeah. No matter what. We're all the same fucking or the, stardust. The that, fact that yeah, or the fact that the fact that our molecules seem to manifest and make up the things that they make up of. And yeah. we think of the molecules that make up of the very us as different than the molecules of the air and the objects around us. Yeah. And that some other person is not also part of the one thing yeah. that all of this is. We just got lucky because they were arranged right in a womb somewhere or in an yeah, incubator somewhere. I don't know. I, yeah. But I just, I just know that. I mean, A, I think this is, this is all love. If, if reality is 100% love and they all, your only goal is to navigate it with the, the most 100% authentic truth there is. So we are in a culture right now where everybody's lying. Constantly. Constant lying. Yeah. And they say that the lying lying has currency because a lie when we receive it creates anxiety in us. And the anxiety in us get, you know, fires off the brain chemicals and then we find ourselves with a place in the world. Here's, here's There's a, deeper, a side to be on. Yeah, absolutely. Here's a deeper thought on that. If if perception of a lie, even if you don't know it, if it comes in to your molecular structure and that anxiety is actually your molecules recognizing that that's false. Perhaps. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe like an inner resistance. Like you maybe maybe so. maybe an organ maybe an organic resistance which is maybe it's it's the same as the earth. Maybe lying's a magnetic anomaly that's off from your polarization. Perhaps. Absolutely. But I have I have like I gave up lying in 2015. Nice. I like, <laughs> like that. I quit cold turkey. <laughs> Even like okay, even like opportunistic white lies, like to that, get yourself that, out of conversations. All and of like that, that stuff. All really, of it. yeah. So, and I made the and I made the, the effort to even if I had a chance to white lie, I would recognize that I could do it. And but there's also the choice to white lie is also the same choice to say a true statement in the moment and then not lie. True. You might not, but you're. Do you know what I mean? You know, that's totally understandable, but, but my, for instance, would be like, I'm out in public and somebody approaches me and is like, hey man, you got, you know, 20, they're clearly a crackhead or sure. clearly out of, off their fucking rocker and they're obviously going to buy drugs or alcohol with it or whatever else. Yeah. Hey, let, let me have 25 cents or whatever. I've got a pocket with change in it, uh-huh. but I tell him no because I don't feel like I want to support his habit or whatever else. Sure. What would you do in that, for um, instance? I would say, I would say, um... 
in that, in that specific instance, I would say, are you hungry? Because I'm going to go get something to eat. Okay. Do you see that where... Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. Where you don't if, have to If lie. I have the change in my pocket, right? Yeah. I can say, I, if you lie and go, I don't have any, right? But yeah. I think there's a karmic return for it. Totally. No, you're right. Do you know Absolutely. what I mean? Like, there's a way to answer the question that... That is can, truthful where you don't have to lie. And you can be honestly giving to somebody who is in need... Right, but you're but you're you're not servicing their need to turn money into drugs. You're servicing their health, actually, servicing by their applying needs, something else. The, the, the very human need of food, shelter, love, water, whatever the very basic food, clothes, meds. Of, yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. you know, basic so. human needs. But yeah, so I, I quit. I quit. Uh, I absolutely quit cold turkey. And when I when I found myself in the situations where like a lie. Could be used, or and I would just recognize it was there, and I would just just not do it, and then it just you know was it cathartic? It, Did it? It's like... great because it's like now I'm like like so many amazing things are happening in my life right now, and it's like it, it's just you're if you understand that the only emotion like you can travel through this world in a state of joy, or you can navigate this world in a in a state of pain, in a state of sadness. Yeah, joy and sadness. Like even I've, any problem, any situation, it can be navigated both authentically. I feel like depending. both of those. I feel like both of those um, kind of the centrifuges of thought of, of those things come. That their basal, basal or basis element is love on one side and fear on the other. Sure, you know, and and I think that's how the world. Well, if you look at the world, exist without the other. absolutely, yin, yin. and so in, in that in that sense, if 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 there is a sphere of possibility with those just two the, just those two things, right? Yeah. Then inside of the sphere of you, which is you you as you live in your life, your worldview and whatever sphere of energy is surrounding you and interacting with other people as you go out through your day. Sure. Then in that then in that sense, it's just like. I mean, I'm just I I broke I'm like I, I wrote it in a song. It's like I I broke this knob off on eleven, and I'm like, why not just why not just be stoked? Yeah, do you know what I mean? Why like, not? Why? why not? It's a, well because you're choosing to. Yeah, and you just it's just part. Then you're just it's your set point. You're like, okay, great, and just fully accepting of everything that's going on at all times, even when it's shitty. There's something in the you yeah. just laugh. Well, one of the things that like a therapist will tell you, especially if you're, you, Are you know, my therapist? I'm going to lay down on the couch right now. Yes, if you can, um, one of the things the therapist will tell you. First thing is that can that you rub my feet? People is it bad stress way? over. <laughs> s- shut up. People <laughs> s- often stress over things that they cannot control. Right. And the sure. first thing, the first, the first instance, or the first thing that you can let go is to go through your life. And and it's not healthy sometimes for some people, but for most people, list or compartmentalize everything that you do during the day that causes you stress. Yeah, and figure out if it's something that you can control and you can't control. Right. And and, and not only that, but you can see that each one of those instances, whatever the anxiety is, whatever is causing you problems, whatever you know, if it's something that you're stressing out that you can't control, usually it's again something that comes from love or fear. Right. And nine times out of ten, if it's causing you stress and anxiety, it's from the fear side of things. It's sure. from, am I going to lose my job? Is and the, uh, and that's do you have to drive in the weather? It's an Absolutely. illusion of fear. It's how many things can you stack? How many ideas can you stack on one thing? And we get into this, well, we have such a fear-mongering culture. Yeah. And we're surrounded with so many no's. And our consumer culture is so driven on, you're not happy because you don't have the following because you don't have this job, which is going to get you this thing. Here are two actors overpaid to look like they're having a better time. Then you'll ever have yeah, very much Diet so. Coke. 
Whatever. You know what I mean? Totally. Yeah. And it's a goof. You just have to understand that that's, that's what's happening. And you just say, all right, well, that you don't have to play the game. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, we, we, you and I talk about politics all the time. And it's mm-hmm. like, you know, we get passionate about that stuff. And I'm, I'm passionately apolitical because I, there's nothing I can do. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, like I said, the only, thing, the only thing I can choose to do is live the life in the most authentic, passionately joyful way possible. Yeah. Which I love. Which, which is, is awesome. And but because I'm doing that, I'm seeing so many things are coming into my life that are just surreal. It's just so it's it's silly. I just find myself laughing. That energy is is truly I'm a firm believer in karma. Obviously you are also and, and it's true. The, the joy or the or the happiness or the love resonates whether it's at a molecular level whether it's on you know maybe even another plane another dimension whatever it is who knows but understanding that that your existence is now it's sure. not tomorrow it's not yesterday it's it's today and you're living in the moment and understanding that living in fear and living <clears throat> with hatred or 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 lying or all this other stuff that is negative sure it's not worth it yeah. It's not worth it to live like that because we only have, technically, at least as far as our expanding knowledge of the universe goes, we only have one life. Mm-hmm. We only have one true uh, form or maybe where we our keep energy coming manifests. Back. Maybe, maybe, we we're, maybe we're allowed to choose the lives that we come back But into. the maybes are uncertainties. Exactly. So. And, I, and, and I don't know how it works and I don't propose to know how it works. I know that I've almost died. I know that I've left my body. I know that I've seen a ghost. Yep. I know that I've talked to the government. Okay, yep. I know that I've I've I know. Okay, yeah. I've done. A, I've got myself into a lot of weird situations, <laughs> and so because of that, life. you know, it's like, you know, you just have to. Like I said, it's just really just about authentic thing. I'm just. It's funny to me that the lying thing is like it's just been something that I've been kind of like run, like mulling around because I was like something that I decided to do, but I didn't like. It's like I didn't talk about it in the moment that it was. Ha- it was just yeah, like just it was personal a inner and now decision. I'm like, and now I'm like six months later, and I'm like, oh yeah, I I don't do that anymore. Yeah. And That's it's fantastic. so now it's a silly idiot. I was talking to my buddy, and I was just like, he's like, so what's it like? And I'm like, well, I mean, it's just like smoking. I only lie when I drink. <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck! Well, isn't that the truth? So, I only drink when I lie, right? So you know, for that, I mean, that would be the that would be the punchline if this thing ever was a bit. You totally, know? fuck. But it's. I mean, it's just. I don't know. I'm just. I'm just. Here's the thing. Here's the one thing that I know 100 percent in the in the absolute truth of what reality is. We're all gonna die. Yep. All of us. This planet. All of it, it will run its course, and that's just what it is. And so, as a, I'm a golfer, you're a golfer. Mm-hmm. I listen to golf on the radio. I, it's just a thing that I do. Do it's, you really? I, I, I don't go that far. I, that's I'm just letting you know the level of, of <laughs> and I and I you're fully and, integrated. And I think it's funny. You're full golf because I'm laughing. At, and I'm like, but I'm learning. And yeah, so, sure. so, so they've got this. I'm listening. In fact, the last time I was in Reno, and I'm driving back. I'm driving back to my folks' house in the Bay. Mm-hmm. And so I'm driving, and I'm listening to this like call-in golf show. And there's like this, he's a swing coach out of like Florida and he's like some, you know, he teaches the golfers who are trying to get into Q school, right? So he can, so that they can get into the pros. Oh, wow. Whatever that is. So he's like, he teaches at that the level and he said something in the thing and he was like, he's like, oh, I, I teach my, I teach my students to, to play the hole backwards. 
and I and I and I st- and I'm driving and I'm listening to that and then the host is like from the hole to the pin yeah oh, from the he pin goes to the he goes I he goes when I take my student tea. when I take my students out we walk the course but we don't walk the course from T to green we walk the course from green, green to, to tea. tea he goes because he goes this is your pin placement so regardless basically on the pin placement you know your lights out if you're within four or five feet of the hole you're going to be able to one putt and get it in in order for you to hit your approach shot from your best approach iron you know you have to if you you crush it you crush it with a wedge so yeah. you're like oh well i would love i'm killer from 85 yards out i can land it exactly where i need to be on this green to get the roll with the spin so the ball ends up by the hole where do i need to be to hit that shot and then they go to that place at the 85. And then they look again. Okay, well, where do I need to hit from to get here? And then they back up and do that shot. Yeah. Instead of just going up to the tee and grip it and rip it and hope you don't fuck it up. Totally. Right? Yeah. And then you're so every shot's calculated. Uh-huh. So I go, well, that's, I golf his life. Keep your head down. Keep your knees bent. Don't be an asshole. Yeah. Watch, <laughs> watch the fucking enjoy, ball. Enjoy the trees. You know what I mean? Yeah. The birds are beautiful. Just pay, have fun. It's a game. <laughs> you know what I mean? You can keep score if you want. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. Um, and so I go, well, if that's life then, then I know, where the, I know where the cup is. The cup's your deathbed. When it's all said and done, whether you drop dead instantly or it's a process where people are going to be coming and visiting you. What is that moment gonna be like? Yeah. Right? And then in that moment, what the dying need, okay? Forget about all of the, the trappings of what a real human needs, but just the dying. In the Tibetan book of the living and dying, they said that all the dying need is that you were there and that you paid attention. All they want to know from you is that you actually paid attention and listened to them while you were talking. Not that you had an answer for them or where they're going next. Not that you were celebratory. Not that you were a well-wisher. Not that you were sharing the, the agony or the whatever. But just that you took the time to lock in and be present with them. Yeah, That's the fundamental need of the dying. So the next shot after that is who's to say who's living and who's dying? Aren't we all in some state of one or another? Yeah. So if the fundamental need of the dying is just to be there, then if that's the fundamental need of the living. Yeah. It's just this. From birth to death, we're into a constant state of transition. Right. But we, 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 but a lot of us are living our lives from the tea to the green. Yeah. Rather than... And reacting to how the ball lands. Yeah. Instead of going, oh, well, what if we just lived like we're supposed to be in our truest forms? And then that's all you have. And watch your life change. For me, I mean, I'm a man of faith. You know, I go to church all the time. I'm a Catholic. You know, it goes along with the seeing ghosts. <laughs> you know what I mean? It goes along with the, you know, the fact that this is all love, you know. And sure. so I'm, I'm a firm believer that, you know, um, mercy has triumphed over justice. And that's what faith is. Sure. And so my daily... My daily work for me is to get deeper in that. To, so I, I, so I was telling, I was telling this uh, friend of mine that I was talking. To, I was like, she's like, "Oh, how's your day going?" I'm like, "Oh, you know, I'm just scraping the me off my soul." Do you know what I mean? Sure. Because it's not, it's not necessary. Yeah. I got to get out of my own way. It's the, the more e- I get out of my own way, the more work. It's the done. ego versus the id. Yeah. It's the inner and versus the outer. Because the ego's a goof. The ego's a fucking it's goof. It's a goof. And so, like, and so, you know, politically minded, 
Yeah, I love you. You're feeling the burn. I think Bernie's Always feeling the burn. I love him. I I believe he's passionate. Um, I believe he's the first great political man that I've seen in the last thirty years. I think he's that, the last one. He might fucking. You know, how, be. like we're losing rock stars, yeah. Lemmy, Bowie, but we're not making any new yeah, rock stars. Like all true. the new bands suck, and all and all the bands that are coming go flash of the pan. And the yeah. Do you do you remember like you know like it was. Fuck, I don't know. It went from hair metal to Nirvana, and then Guns N' Roses went big, and here comes and here comes Green Day, and it's the Offspring, and it's it's Limp yeah. Biscuit, and it's the kids with the eye makeup on, and it's <laughs> and it's yeah, there's always the new whatever it's yeah. supposed to be, but none of that stuff lasts. You're well, not, and when you was the you're last? You're not going to care when Fred Durst dies when he's seventy. No, nobody's going to give a shit about that guy. But it's still, but somebody might care about West Borland. Who's oh, a yeah, genius so, guitar? So yeah, so, player, your you know, music, so, so your your music will live on. Yeah. So I mean, in the in that sense, Bernie, I look at him. Here's the thing: any opinion I've ever had on any president since I've been alive, which started, you know, who was I, I guess Johnson, where I was born in '71. So whoever was president then, I don't know, was, yeah. it was Nixon getting railed out at that I time, think or was so. he already gone? I think, uh, no, Nixon was '72, right? Okay. Or so, no, '71 is when he resigned. So yeah, Nixon. So, yeah, and, so uh, I've got so in my lifetime. But let's see. Let's say presidents that I've been aware of, Carter to Obama. I have opinions on all of them. Sure. It hasn't served me. It hasn't changed my life. It hasn't, yeah. it hasn't. The opinions haven't made my life any better. It hasn't made anybody else's life any better. They're just human beings having an. It experience. usually complicates things. Actually, I, I do believe that absolute power corrupts absolutely. I do believe that, and yeah. so I'm always reticent to go. Well, why does a person? Believe they need to be in this position. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. Of, of authority. And then and then I look at it where I go, ah, the whole thing's rigged. The voting machines are rigged. And it's all lobbyists. And it's money. And your vote doesn't matter. I live in a blue state. I live in a state. I live in California. I can smoke weed and anybody can get married. Well, I don't need anything more than that. Yeah. You know what I mean? And but, so, uh, but uh, so that's great. And from an existential standpoint, it's understandable. My problem is, is that... And there's a few facets of this. First of all, Bernie being able to be in the position he is, right. he is in gives me faith sure. in the political system or of the country, which is great. That, that at least we do have so much of a representative democracy still. Yeah. Um, what is not okay is is them is not them. We'll say the Republican side because really it's just them that's causing all the fucking havoc right now in the government, wanting to wanting to take away women's rights, wanting to repeal anything that's ever been done to help the poor, wanting to take away from. You know, um, uh, gay marriage, uh, wanting to integrate uh, pretty much all of the worst parts of Christianity into our society. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, literal teachings from the Bible and stuff like that that they really want to have. You know, be taught in, in in our school classes where we should be teaching science and theory and 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 progressive thought and understanding that that you're learning how to learn okay. rather than learning for. <clears throat> for one particular goal. Sure. Um, Jess Brown has shown up. He is. Also, hey also lifelong friend. Or Hi not there. lifelong, but you know what I mean. Long also. Enough. Long enough. These, uh, these these gentlemen have seen every incarnation of uh, every everything possible in my life. Which I think we've seen every incarnation of each other. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I, it's, it's, I love yeah. the, the, the progression of it is, is, again, it's just silly. It's just, it's, it's amazing to watch. You're, as far as... This is where I wanted to get at about Bernie is that much in the line of we're not making any more rock stars, we're not making any more rock star politicians. I think as far as people who are like 
politically passionate and really walked the walk and really did it in a truthful way. He's it. And so if, here's the thing. If I think, if I believe in my heart of hearts that the whole system is rigged, they had me Obama's first campaign, hope and change. I was just an extension of Bush's war policy. Guantanamo Bay still open. We're a country that tortures. I, I'm completely anti-murder. But as a country, we've elevated murder into the hands of politicians and judges and the police. Mm-hmm. And it's disgusting. Um, if, if indeed with, with Barack, they sold us hope and change. Okay. And now with Bernie, they're selling us the fact that passionate political change is possible. If it's another, we pull the mask off and it was the janitor the whole time and none of this stuff matters. There are going to be a lot of people who are going to be really bummed out. If Trump wins, I think it might be, it'll be the rise of hyper-capitalism. It's going to be the widening of the, the income gap. And like I said, we're all going to be dead. I can't do anything about it. I'm an anarchist. I'm not, I don't believe in a revolution because I don't want to replace a government with another one. Yeah. It's just going to be inherently the same. How many times has regime change in any other society caused things to be better? Exactly. So what I've, what I've done is, is I realized that my personal life, how I live in this plane and how I operate, the only anarchy that's possible is to disconnect your judging brain and society and live from your heart center and realize that everybody's living the same experience and be just a loving, caring person for them. And you know, it but you you dry I'm I live I'm I live a millionaire lifestyle. I make no money. I think the go I think the goal is, is to be happy on nothing. I think it's easy to live with that philosophy in our society because you're not oppressed. Think about think about if you if you were we're dealing with having to make that choice in a right. society where you dealt with oppression every day. If you're in Syria and you didn't believe in the religion or whatever sect of Islamism or sure. whatever it was that But if I wanted to, I could make the choices to be an oppressed person in the United States of America. I, I guess you could. Anybody Technically, could. you definitely could. But you're right. Yeah, you're right. What does, so does the same truth apply if I, if, if I was born in a, in a war-torn country rife with struggles and strife and poverty and cannibalism and all the horrors that are going on in the world. No, because you would still operate with the same... You're still going to die. Yeah. You're, you might die the ultimate in a machete. Is still you, might, you might get your head whacked off. But in the but you're still going to have to be accountable for how you live this life. And how you treat the other you know, beings and, that's it. and, and energies and around I, you. You know, it's like, love people in, un- unconditionally. Treat them the way you want to be treated. I have no other rules other than that. I agree with you on that one. What do you think about that, Jess? I agree, and it, it's like a nice philosophy, but the my internal makeup does not allow me to <laughs> love everybody. Why is you that? Know, it just is that an inner resistance? I was raised by mean people. Yeah. You know, and um, but you're not a mean person. No, I think I'm. I think I'm a. I have a big heart. That's all there is. But um, it's it's never far away that that you know all all my friends known me to be salty or bitter or you know like a, a downer. Well, I I I think we all know that. I'm sure. I don't know what you guys' uh, fuse is like. You know what I mean? Sure. I have a long run up. And it's everything is great or you're dead. Yeah. I have, an, I have what they call an Irish fuse. Yeah. yeah. So, the so longest the thing, fuse ever, but at the end is the and, largest pack of diamonds. And, I, and because seen. I know that, 
I can never even get on this. I can never ever be on the spectrum of it. Yeah. And and I know myself so true, and I know how how much destruction I can really wield if I put my heart to it. And I just know that you know I just don't work for that side. I would I would love to love unconditionally, but um, boobs. It's not it's not in me. I, I'm not a boob guy. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm a butt guy. But uh, loving unconditionally is not in me, unfortunately. And is that and, something and, you and want? I, and I wish I wish it was. I think I think. Um, it'd be nice. I think you. I, I think love, you. I love, I love the baby unconditionally. I was gonna say, Sunny. Yeah, yeah. Sunny's the purest form yeah, of that. that. That's, in that's, that, in that's, that sense, then, if it's possible for one, that wouldn't it be possible. possible for all? Absolutely. No, absolutely. It's just a and, do. It. I mean, it's it's teaching me so much, uh, so much about life and and uh, you know everything. I mean, it, it's it's all really cliche, but it, a lot of it's really true. Um, of course, I love my baby unconditionally. I came into this city, I was here, what, a couple weeks ago? Right around the New Year's? Yeah. And I, I came in with this, um, I'm never going to have kids, family's not my thing, I, you know, I have this traveling lifestyle, and I saw you with your son, and, I, and it, something changed in me, and I was like, oh, that's possible. Yeah. Not only is that possible, I've been resisting it. And I was just like, put it, I just kind of put it in there. I was like, well, if that's something, if that's something that is possible, then I'm going to open myself to it. And it was watching you interact with your kid, which was awesome. Well, in, I feel in, like this is a Donahue. This is. <laughs> well, well, we know, I mean, I've always been like anti-kid and, and very fucking selfish, you know, like I care about myself. You know, I don't, I didn't know if, I didn't want kids right up until... Probably, I think I think when I was in nursing school and I did my uh, pediatric semester and like just realized how um, much love and care they need and how they're actually like the only pure thing around. You know, they're before right. before they're cussing and lying and stealing and being fucking terrible. Like they're just there to receive love and they're there to like like I said with with my babies there to teach me to love sure like in a way I, I, I didn't know before so yeah our, um, our our choice our choice is not to live childishly but to live childlike to be completely open to what's happening and not have those guards up and I yeah. think that's it it's a beautiful lesson for kids and the same thing happens to the elderly because they've lived this life a lot of them are at the at the end they lower all their defenses it's, and, it's, they, and they live in a very open It's way. human nature to, to, as you grow older, to know it all and learn nothing, you know? It's, sure. And especially as, as a young, angsty teenager, as we've all been, We're and then growing into our 20s. Yeah, with, with tons of bravado and, and yeah, and you're, ego. You're, you're, and, listening, you're listening to three fully tattooed Hellraisers from the 90s who are responsible for... I couldn't even tell you how many awful things. And the fact that we're now all adults with jobs and careers and families and houses and... And just discussing love. Yes. And and that is is absolutely the most surreal... If there's a fucking full circle story of life... It is us, Amen. and it's so, and it's possible, and it's just absolutely possible. Which is a beautiful well, thing, and and the fact that, and the fact that someone might, you know, might be just listening, and they were like, "Yeah, man," and they're like, "Where do you start?" Right? If you're like, "Well, how do you start?" You just got to realize this is, and I break it down back to Alan Watts. He's like one of my favorite, you know, philosophers. He's a Zen guy. 
he was a theologian. He studied, he studied the, the religion. He was like a Jesuit priest, and then he learned about Buddhism, and he, t he figured out what they all had in common, and then he just was this Zen guy, and he was just like, yeah, man, this is it. This is the, he was like, if you had all the answers, you'd still be here listening to me. Yeah. Nothing would be different. And, and even like the idea of this is it is a triple redundant statement. Because this, this is it. This is the it that is. This yeah. is all that's happening. This is all that will ever be happening. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So Absolutely. it's like it's our choice to just to just navigate it with as much joy for me anyways, for navigate it with as much joy and and spread that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Absolutely. I, I, I you know, and you guys know who I work for, so it's a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> Working for yourself is a beautiful thing. <laughs> uh, I work for God, but that's <laughs> <laughs> But I mean, okay, and there's there's that theory also. The, the theory of God, which is a, which is essentially a fictional man-made character at its root, okay. technically speaking, uh, and understanding that the fundamental approach of faith is to understand how we got here, is to is to understand or try to understand that and know that there is no pure understanding of that, there is no proof, there is no whatever. So the faith is trusting, right? From that standpoint. No, I mean, that's religion, right? You have to have faith to believe in God. Yeah, but that's your idea of religion. Like, my experience is completely different. Well, what's your experience then? Yeah, yeah, so, what is so, your experience? So the general basic society's uh, understanding is what Brandon just described. So yes. I'm not in this society. I know that. So, so, so <laughs> let's hear your point of view with it. My, my point of view is that there this experience that we're having and all of the mysteries that is happening is God in all forms is nature as space, as gravity, as all of it. So it's not just a central idea that we need to bow to. It's love. It's 100% love. It's what's happening. Okay. But I say mercy triumphs over justice. Well, God is just justice. For the things that happen, there's a bad, there's a grand balance in the universe. You can't have push without pull, hot, cold, yes, no, black, white. God it's is all, your universal balance. It's a, it's a it's an all encompassing idea, right? Okay. That being said, whether you have, I was in a, I was in a, I was in a, I was in a prayer situation at a Catholic church, which was odd because at the end we were praying for somebody who was sick. And they said, if anyone could raise their hands, and I'm like, oh, we don't. And I'm like, what am I, if I ended up, if I am like in, a, in a, like an evangelical Christian church? Like it felt like yeah. one of those kind of things. Strange. Because you don't have that in Catholicism. But I looked around and, and there were heads bowed, hands out, and I, there was a pulling on my hands. An absolute, a palpable, a palpable energy pulling on my hands that, that there is unmistakable. Gun to my head. It was the most real touch with a force beyond me. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Cause the better I navigate else... me, the more open I am to letting that spirit and energy work. Because of, you know, I had that. I had I had a situation in Dallas where you know somebody was having like a real a crisis of spirit, and they had people get things attached to them, in an exorcism sense, and dark energy is a real thing. To, I, I agree. In, in to be yeah, sure. so, so to be like witness that. of it so here's the thing if you understand that possession is possible right and we know that it is then then faith is just you're asking to be possessed by the holy spirit it's just the word possessed is such a loaded word sure but that's really what you're doing and so you're opening your whole self to be a vessel 
to carry the love of God to every single person that you come to. The more you're out of your own way, the more you can carry. And we're just as simple carriers of this thing. So it, God, God in its sense is justice. Jesus was the person who came down in human form, died for the sins of mankind. When God looks down on your life and he sees Jesus in front of you, you almost look at that as a shield. God's justice goes around because mercy's triumphed over it. That's where I'm at. That's my faith. So whether, whether I have this hand pulling, okay, whether, whether it's seeing ghosts in, whether it's seeing ghosts in San Diego, this exorcism experience in Dallas, the pulling of the hands in the Bay Area, okay, smoking dimethyltryptamine, feeling the absolute connection of my heart center to all of reality, okay, See, having these experiences beyond eating five, six grams of mushrooms and laying in a dark place, being in a isolation tank, all of these experiences that I've been doing, what I've realized is that whether you are, if you, if you have a drug experience that's completely awe-inspiring and overwhelming, it's the same feeling as having an absolute religious epiphany that it's that same exciting to be alive in the moment. And then I think that why, instead of being lost inside of the drug culture, then the choice is to find the beauty in the mundane, to look at this tree outside. And if you really wanted to get into how complex that all is, that in itself is God. Do you know what I mean? And, and, and to see, because look, we have, for me, this is the option. We can either look at another person and we can, and we can, we can look for windows inside of somebody's soul to find God coming back at us. Or we can look at the mirror inside of somebody else that's going to show us the bullshit of ourselves. And that's kind of where I'm at. And my from a faith standpoint is that I'm able to do more for this experience that I'm having by living in that way. So for me, that's faith. That's God. And that's where I'm at. All the rules, all of the... These guys want guns and right-left paradigm and hate the gay. That's so gross. It's it's so much as like faith is a spherical 100% of either you're all in or you're all out. Do you know what I mean? Sexuality is is a whole, it's a fluid thing. There's a, the fact that there's a, the fact that there's a heterosexual, homosexual paradigm is just a way to divide humanity. Yeah. The way the fact that we take race, we take race as a thing and we divide people by that. We divide them by class. We divide us by gender. We put imaginary lines in the ground and we go, you're this and we're this. America, fuck you. It's fake. It's all fake. A lot of those imaginary lines were created by religion. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so I guess, I guess I'm not, I guess if, if I'm just here to be an example of maybe trying it in a different way. I feel like, I'm, so what, so again, it goes back to, it goes back to the anarchy and cutting off your own head, killing your very self. I feel like you're understanding, I don't feel like, and this is just my kind of quick synopsis of what you just explained there. Oh, I love a quick synopsis. Quick synopsis. I feel like you believe in God as the, as the kind of like partner that helps in the mobility of energy. Because for me, right. everything in the world is energy. For you, same thing, sure. right? So whether it's, whether it's a story that was created by man about, about him actually having a son and Jesus and all this other stuff, yeah. or whether it was, um, or whether it's just that God, the name of God is what we call this particular thing, this particular energy. Uh-huh. Um, 
that's religion, or that, or that's your, that is your religion, per se. Yeah, uh, or, but, I uh, guess but I, it's not, but it's not Christianity, and it's not Catholicism, and it's not any of these other paradigms, well, religious one paradigms. One person's universe is another person's energy, is another person's God, is another is another person's ability to use the words that we have to describe our reality. They're fine. We can keep going. There's dogs. dogs There's dogs barking. Whatever. We have have dogs. We've talked about it before. That's what dogs do. They they bark. (laughs) Well, anyway, we didn't need to get long-winded about religion. No, here's the thing. I I love this stuff. Yeah. And so I and and it's it's my favorite thing in the world. It's the first thing I do when I wake up in the morning. Is is, is pray. I I find and it fascinating. I love it actually, and I love. I don't care if my friends are religious. I don't care what my friends do. To be honest with you, because I love them unconditionally exactly. to a point. You know, yeah. and uh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I do not. What do you think? What's your philosophy, well, Mister Brown? You know, as as a a teenager and through my twenties, I was such a know-it-all staunch atheist i mean i have several upside down crosses tattooed on me and sure. this and that and all this stuff and i knew for sure that that once once our heart stopped beating oxygen to our brain and our brain stopped producing electrical currents and it was just lights out and and i i knew that for sure but again i've seen ghosts i've, I've experienced ghosts um and well, you've experienced the, the. I mean, you're in your line of work. In my line of work, you've seen um, life at all forms. Absolutely. So, so for those that don't know, I'm I'm a, a nurse at an assisted living, and a lot of, not a lot, but you know, a, a good handful of my residents, um, I will put on hospice, and I'm there for their last days. And um, I've I've seen plenty of people in the last few years while I've been working as this uh, take their last breath, like we were talking about last night. And and I can feel their energy. Um, it's it's my it's my ritual that that you know some of my employees know and some of them don't know that if somebody is is dying or right about to die, I'll always crack the window for them to to ease their energy out of that room. You know, not to say that they're going to be trapped in there, but if it if it helps, that that's that's my small tiny ritual. Um, now I'm at the point where, where I don't know. You know, I, I do believe in energy. Um, have you ever had an experience where, where they, they've, they've said that um, spirits have been sent down to help the passing over? Have you ever had, like, experiences like that? Is that something that you've been, uh, it, maybe, or things, or something that happened in the room that you well, just well, couldn't explain beyond well, any so, comprehension? So many times, so many times, and, and when I say so many times, over ten times. Um, the person who, who is, is about to go, about to pass, they're holding on for whatever reason and say their favorite grandchild shows up or their daughter comes in from the other side of the country, you know, on an emergency flight. And when they get there and that person talks to them, like I did with my grandmother, I was, I was living in Texas and my grandmother had a massive stroke in San Francisco I flew, I flew there, drove to where she was at, and held her hand, and spent time with her, and uh, thanked her for, for showing me so much love as, as, uh, as a kid, and telling her it's, it's okay to go. Once, once you tell somebody, you know, if they, they haven't been talking for a week, maybe. Sure. They haven't been there for maybe a week, but once that, like, that one family member tells them, it's okay to go. Don't be scared. You know, I, I love you. It's okay to go. Like, 
Like, my grandmother left within five minutes of me saying that. Wow. You know, as, as I was holding her hand and as I was crying, and as this lady who, like, took such good care of me as, as her body's shutting down and she's dying, and I'm just telling her over and over, thank you, and I love you, and thank you, and I love you. Like, that, like, that was like a turning point. Like, before that moment, like, nursing to me was like, you know, I'm going to make decent money. I can do it anywhere. You'll I can travel. I'll yeah. always have a job. It helps society. But that was the turning point that said, this is what you're supposed to do. Like, I didn't really feel that before. But, like, as I, as I held my grandma's hand and escorted her to the next place, like, that was, like, the most... That was, like, the most important moment in my whole life besides... You felt like you had a purpose. Yeah, yeah. It gave me a purpose besides baby being born. Sure. Like, like that was that was it. Like, there's, there's no other time in my life. But, again, like, um, I, see, I see people take their last breaths often, too often. Brandon and I were talking last night. Like, I feel like, like I think about death a lot, and I, and I feel like death is around me not a lot. Not like, like Final Destination shit, but like, um, <laughs> like, like, I mean, some people could just work at T-Mobile and slang cell phones, and that's their fucking life. Like... Like, I deal with, like, the ultimate finale here on Earth. Sure. Like, death. Like, there's there's nothing more. And, like, like all the people I work with, all, all of, like, my employees, like, they, they, they don't get paid anything. They should get paid so much more because these people aren't getting paid shit. And, like, they, they love these people. And they, they honor them and help them also, like, like leave. And it just be, like, they're as comfortable as can be. So... Could you imagine a political process... That ran on that philosophy and not the bottom line of economics. Oh Jesus! No. Like, like, <laughs> not in our society. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, so point being, from staunch atheist, I knew for sure that it was it was lights out when when our our body was done. To who knows? Nobody knows. Um, energy, energy, probably. I'm, and I started reading a book called We Don't Die. I forgot who it's by. It's about it's about a medium who who it has like a success rate of like ninety percent who's able to channel uh, family members that have passed and and usually mediums that could be frauds are, are yeah they're just 40, using they're using NLP. They're, they're, yeah, yeah they're using cues but sure. this guy this guy um, like this this book and I talked to Brandon about this book months and months ago but um, this book really really opened my eyes to it and 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 he talks about energy too and in hell's not a place of like fire lakes or heaven's not a place next to god worshiping all day but um it's warmer center to colder mm -hmm. energy and when you pray for somebody who's passed that gives them the warm energy yeah. like it's like a boost to them it, it's yeah i suggest it's called we don't die yeah. it's, it's or it's, it's even you know it, it's 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 right it's on the line of in, in the level of you know when we when when I pray for the intercession of the Virgin Mary, who's you know that was visiting the souls who are in purgatory. I'm still don't know where I'm at on purgatory. You know what I mean? And I here's the thing: I had an idea that that because we only have these so-called five senses, and this is the way we navigate inside of this inside of this plane. You know what I mean? With just the five senses, that we only can 
have so much life because we can only experience so much because our human abilities are limited. But as our life force goes away, we, we, we understand that we have more abilities. We have always had more abilities. Like when you look at you like when you look at the visual spectrum, you know what I mean? They say like the whole visual spectrum, like the whole things that are possible to be seen, if it was a if it was a movie reel, would stretch from San Diego to Seattle. Okay, that's how big it is. If you yeah. imagine like a yeah. film strip, the human's ability to see is three single frames in the Bay Area. Yeah. So what are but we live a life of our visual, perception is so limited. We live a life of difference, and you're this, and because you're this, I think yeah. this, and it's the it's the fight flight mentality that's going back in our prehistoric brains that have been evolving over millions and millions of years. The fact that I, I think I believe there's a lot of societal stuff out there that keeps people's third eye calcified and not working, and because it's. It's like you know, it's bad for business. Yeah. But you can't have a, a. You make the whole world. If you, the whole world just all woke up and realized what the point was, no, would you go to work? You would because you have a purpose. I would because I talk to people all day. Yeah. You would because anything you're programming. that was a anything that was I'm a service. Yeah, because yeah. you still would be needed. But anything that was purely capitalistic, you know, T-Mobile. ultimately without service, T-Mobile. Chief fucking noble. I yeah. always use that as a like. Absolutely. I, in I, a society I, I like that, cell phones like wouldn't exist. So you wouldn't need them no. because you would value every interaction, not just your family's and your friends' interaction. You would value every interaction, so you'd have to have everybody's fucking cell phone number. Right. But that wouldn't exist in that society because every single interaction would mean so much more. It'd be more intrinsic to your existence. On the on the on the Pit Boss 2000 record, the the cult of fuck yeah. I, if you look at the cover on it, it's on iTunes. If you just want to go and, and click what the art looks like, you'll see that it's it's an it's a it's a giant squid taking down a whale. <laughs> and the, and the reason Moby the reason Dick I did that is because I'm a huge I'm a huge fan of of Terrence McKenna, and he was the one who said that. You know, if you ever go down that that rabbit hole on YouTube, that guy's brilliant, man. And he and I loved his I loved his books, and I love listening to the guy talk. and And he said that he 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 said that um, the poets have failed us because it's their job to come up with new words to describe our world, and we're not. Yeah. And so he said that language is is really the ultimate freedom. The more you understand the language that you're using, the more freedom you really have, you know. And he further said that, he said that the evolution of the cephalopod on millions and millions of years ago in the Precambrian Sea, when there was an extinction level event, and some of them had to go to the surface to get food, and some of them had to go into the darkness to get food. And the ones that went into the darkness had to grow a shell so they could maintain the pressures and, and live against the predators that were there. And he said that part of the evolution of the cephalopod, and it's still a thing today in octopi, in octopi is that when they communicate with each other, they communicate telepathically using their skin. In real time, their skin is, is telling the story of the life they're having and the other thing is picking up on it and they're using telepathy. He, what he believed is that, A, he believed, he believed that you could mushroom trip on just using weed and meditation and you can. I've done it. It took me about a half a year to figure it out. Meaning you can have the same trip as mushrooms by just weed and meditation. But just weed and meditation. Interesting. You can, you can because if you've had a state... You can, if you've, I believe if you've you had it. You can return it, to that state. If, you ha- if you've had it, you have it. You might, it, you just need to do the work to get there. Yeah. And so he said that. And then he said that, the, that he believed that human evolution would get to the point where we would move beyond words and we move beyond language 
And because that's where the lies live. You know what I mean? Sure. Armageddon might be the reality to be to actually see somebody's soul energy and to go, well, that's a dark spirit. Yeah. That's a light spirit. But the thing is, as soon as you saw that and you saw that somebody had a dark, you would say, well, let's give you as much energy and light and love as possible. To those or who need to it. those who need to those it. Who need it. So those or who for need people it. that are like that, stay the fuck away from them and make sure your light and energy is but I think, but better I, used elsewhere. But I think, but I think that you know, again, if, if if it's your time to go, it's your time to go. And if you die in the process of giving to a darker spirit, then it's 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 all for the greater good. Your yeah. your death will be tragic, but the lessons that will come out of it for other people will be creative and learning and love and all of that. So that's why it's even really, how come bad things happen? Well, because great things happen from bad things. Yeah. And bad things happen from great things. It's this, this thing that's happening, you know? So the, yeah, so that, the, I, so I believe if, if that's, if that is the next level of human evolution, forget about the fact that we're just all going to turn into a microchip and just live digitally. Yeah. Like we might be doing right now. Most of the biggest, <laughs> yeah, totally. Most of the biggest events that have happened in the world that have caused... You know, progress. fluctuations, fluctuations, fluctuations of of true humanity, progress have all been catastrophic. You know, and from nine eleven all the way to to the first world wars to to I mean the Crusades. I mean, it goes back and back and back. All these crazy things that happened where lots of people have died, and people have have ultimately realized that in all of that death and that tragedy, uh, you know, in, in the concrete of a flower bloomed. You know, like it's one of those things where um, I think human nature doesn't allow for learning under the circumstances where everything is gold and everything is good. Yeah. I think I think it's much easier to learn from a mistake than it is to learn from oh, yeah. just, you know, just just not enduring through something, not not going through adversity, sure. you know? So. I love failing. I mean, that's the only way that's I mean, if in my line of business, that's the only way you get better. Yeah. is by being awful. By taking a risk and by and by making a choice that's outside of my per- performance comfort zone. And sometimes I miss, but I learn from the miss. You know what I mean? I just yep. learn not to repeat the mistakes. You know, we're not all perfect. Yeah. We're just, it's a, like, we only have today, too. <laughs> you know I mean? But I'm better right now than I was this morning. I can tell you that. Just, yeah. Everything, they're, they're, I'm just, I'm in a different, I'm in a different energy right now. The last couple days have been like this. Awesome. It keeps being like this. Like and it's and it's 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 silly because it's like maybe well, Reno's good for you. I I think, but I think and being around your friends and stuff well, yeah, like that helps, that's the, that's a beautiful part of it. You know what I mean? And it's but it's like it's everywhere. You know what I mean? Like yeah. the energy is here. But when I go to L.A., it's like it's the same. It's 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 amazing. You yeah. Know? Anyways, T is T Mobile hiring? Probably. <laughs> hey, they got that LTE now. They're trying to come up. <laughs> Better coverage. Fucking T-Mobile. I used to work at a cell. Yeah, I worked for Verizon, and and I and I quit when they made a stand up. I actually worked for T. <laughs> Remember, you used to go to a cell phone store, and then you'd go approach the people selling the stuff they didn't need it, but you sat down and did all the typing. You got yeah. Sign up program their phone. Now you got to stand up and do that. They shit. took all the desks away, and I'm yeah. like, they don't pay me enough to sit here and stand. Hell you know, no. Well, you got to stand on this foam disc. It's gonna make I'm fat. Come on. My back's going to be bad either way. This foam's not going <laughs> to fucking help. <laughs> but I also think back pain's in your head. 
that's not, that's all that's another thing that I believe. I think I think back pain is psychosomatic. Unless you're in a traumatic accident. Totally, yeah, if your fucking discs have, you know, are gone, that's... That's a thing. But I yeah. think a lot of people who are like have... Oh, I, my back hurts. I, oh, I, yeah. can, I, I can tell you that I, when, whenever I have back issues, it's always tied to money. Interesting. Yeah. So stress. Stressors. And, yeah, well, but, well, I realized that like, you know, the, 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 fear, the fear doesn't serve me. And if all you think about is the scarcity of your resources, then your life will reflect the scarcity of your Absolutely. resources. Absolutely. We talked about the same thing last night about, you know? about not... Allowing things that you can't control, and we talked about it earlier, yeah. to to control you, including money. You have to go through money strife. That's just a normal, you know, ebb and flow of, of life, ebb and flow of living in a capitalistic society where you have to use money to pay for goods and services. Right. You it's, know? it's it's so much easier said than done for for me at least. It's, yeah. it's for easier the said majority than, of yeah. everybody that lives in this country. Yeah. Yeah. For you, maybe not. Yeah. What's that? Worrying about money. Well, I mean, well, you have, but you have a you have someone depending on you. Exactly. That's a whole. Yeah. That's, that's a whole huge. game changer. Yeah. That's an absolute yeah. game changer. Yeah. But in that, but in that standpoint, you would make every single sacrifice, every single second yeah. of the day to make sure that Sonny's got your your return on investment on that in particular is huge. It's huge, yeah. of course. Yeah. yeah. So, especially being able to have that unconditional love is way better than even worrying about the stress of. Yes. Oh, sorry, I, uh, you know I'm short on the power bill this month. Right. Well, it, well, it'll come <laughs> next fucking week. Mm-hmm. You know. Shit like that. Well, I, I, I am currently praying for the, the people of Flint, Michigan. That the, oh my that God, I can't fucking if, believe. If you want to, if you want to, as we will, as the country says, uh, Bernie's a socialist, uh, that Clinton's a warmonger, and Trump tweets pictures of Megyn Kelly, the state of Michigan is, or the city of Flint is threatening to take people's houses away from them and put their kids on the street because they're not paying a water bill for water that no has been determined shit. to be poisoned. Straight up poison. Why are those politicians not, not in, in jail? jail? They and, need to be in jail. And they will never jail. be in jail. And the fact that they are not in jail nor will ever be in jail is the biggest crime, is the biggest travesty. And there, sh- there should only be... You know, you know what the election should be? If you want to run for president, go fix this. And whoever fixes it first and fixes it the best, and we all are happy with it, you can have the job, and we'll give you another city to work on. What pisses me off about that instance, about what's happening there, more than anything, is that they had already had clean water. Sure. They were were piping it in from Detroit, from Lake Michigan. They instead decided to forego the $100 a day that it would have cost them to pipe in fresh water for... The fucking river that runs through Flint, Michigan, which has all lead pipes in it right. that are corroding from the fact that the river's 19 times more corrosive than regular water. Sure. So it's just corroding the fucking pipes and causing lead poisoning. They knew this. The studies that the EPA did on that river were right there and readily available for Absolutely. them to read, but they instead of and, and to forego, do they still did it? It's just like, it's money. are you fucking kidding me? hundred dollars a day for how many lives? You know, they probably fa- poisoned thousands of people. One of my favorite, one of, one of my favorite things to, that I that I you know people were like, oh, conspiracy isn't real, or whatever, whatever, and it's like. <laughs> The Bush family built, built they own they own the land over the world's largest aquifer in South America. So if you're if you're if you have a if you have a legacy family that has a hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years of power, you're going to look long term and you're going to look planetary need. Like we're going to we're yeah, because eventually eventually the, the 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 business of war isn't going anywhere. So like right now the business of war over the petrol dollar is just going to eventually morph into the business of the war of the water dollar or it might have been the water war the whole time 
we're just talking about oil because people get it. Yeah. But in the end, it, we're, we're going to be, it's human scarcity and it's, and it will come down to a thing that we need to exist. And there are, you know, I, I love the fact, I don't know if you guys ever saw this and if you're listening, go check out, I think it was, uh, I think it was Bill, Bill Bird did a, he, uh, he was on Conan in December and he talked about the guy who owns Nestle and, and Nestle wants to privatize water. They, yeah. they don't believe that water is a human right. Yeah. They believe it's a commodity to be sold. If you own the water, then you if you own the water, then you own the process of evaporation, then the rain that comes down was your water to begin with, you own the rain. Wow. That is what Nestle I want you to think about this. Let's that is a I'm not making it up. You can go on YouTube and watch the guy from Nestle talk about it yeah he's and, a piece of shit <laughs> and well yeah i mean here's the thing that's just capitalism that's a hyper capitalism in the end when the, the game is being played that's what's happening it's it's not just capitalism because capitalism at its root it isn't this demon that it is causing all this the problem is power sure the problem is somebody gets so rich and so powerful that they can do things that are so audacious as to think that they own the rain that they own the water that they can buy because because oh i'm in this one place and i bought the land whatever's underneath it is fucking mine yeah. that's relative right i mean ultimately and not only that but when it comes down to it i would hope that in human nature that everybody's Astute enough or powerful enough or understanding enough that if shit's like that starts happening, revolution needs to happen pretty damn quick. I I, I don't think it'll happen. No. I think think we'll... we'll, Because of complacency. Exactly. Yeah. 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 And just so you have have the rise of the the military industrial complex, the rise of... Prison industrial uh, complex. The prison industrial complex and the rise of the fact that we're living in a... We're we're moving as as a public to a digital currency... Everybody's just using a debit card with a chip and whatever totally. because cash is frowned upon because that's how crime happens. And so you're going to be rolled for your dollars. Meanwhile, in China, they're selling more luxury cars than they've ever sold. The middle class is more wealthy than they've ever been and everybody runs on a cash deal. If you walk into a place and you buy something, they just take the cash and they give you the thing. They, there's no receipt. There's no, they, they're running things that are different, but everyone's, oh, we're scared of China. Why are we Weird. scared of China? Because they're doing, they're doing, they're doing capitalism the cash-based way. We're doing capitalism the digital class way. Is it all about power? Like if we, you know, I, I love the social justice warrior stuff. We got to give, you know, like let's let's talk about one little place by a river which now a corporation owns, and it used to be it used to be public land, right? And then it used to be a Native American tribe lived on it, and before that the Native American tribe that they killed to live on it and the one that they killed to live on it and the one that they killed to live on it. Yeah. So it's like power and over goods, you know, now it's just a money thing. Yeah. But it's just resources and the thing. I think that thing's always been happening. You know, will there be a grand awakening and, and people will change? Yeah. The only game that's left to play is your own inside of you. And as you change you, your world will change around you. But just everybody just has to know that it's possible. I almost wish that we could go back to those times when it was okay to kill the people that were on the things that you wanted. <laughs> no, because I'm a completely against murder. No, I know. I'm saying that obviously, uh, uh, sarcastically and hypothetically. Sure. But that's the thing: is it, you have these people who have come into their wealth and and prosperity by stepping on the literally on the backs of the people that either work yeah. for them or or on the killing and the you know whatever propagated bullshit allowed them to move into a position that they're in. 
Nine times out of ten, they're corrupt as shit and they're a piece of shit and they deserve to die, so fuck them. Take their legacy away from them. Kill them and be the next person that they I, that wants I to think, be killed. I think, even, I think even the largest maniacal sociopath is still completely needs to be loved and forgiven. And it's, and it's <laughs> hard to do. We, got, we all got to get there some way. I don't see. I see that I, as bad energy I'm and like, it needs to be fucking kaput. It's not my job. Smoted. <laughs> someone, behind their, someone behind will take fortune lies a crime. Yeah. Oh, yeah. for sure. Fugies. For sure. I um, I have, I have to go. I have a, I have two shows tonight. Uh, thank you okay. for having me on. Absolutely. Love you thank guys. you for coming. Uh, JohnToll.com. It's a T O L E. I have albums. All it's all my stuff's on there. Uh, Pit Boss Two Thousand, my band. If you guys want to check it out, it's Thrash. And uh, love everybody. That's all there is. It's awesome. And I can't wait too. to come back. So I'm, gonna, I'm coming back. I'm gonna be. In, I'm gonna be back in. I'm gonna be back in Reno in February. All right, we'll do and some so more. We're gonna do this again. Absolutely, absolutely, awesome. We'll right, see. Well, I'll you see you later guys, tonight. You probably guys keep yeah. this going. And yeah, we're gonna we're gonna party. You're gonna make bad decisions. I like it. Hello. I like it. I like good decisions that seem bad, but they're really good. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Love you, brother. Love you, Thank uh, you so much. Yep. Yeah, have a good show. Right, love you too. Bye. All right. We'll see you guys tonight. All right. Later, buddy. Later. Later, man. Alrighty, Mr. Jess Brown. Yes, sir. How you feeling today, buddy? Feeling alright. Yeah. Um, just got off work, zoomed over here. That's it, that's all, man. Simply for decoration. Yep. The whistles go, woo, woo. How was work today? Uh, it was fine. Yeah. Good day at work. Nice. Yeah. It's going to be a tough job, man. Luckily, there's good people like you that can do it. Yes, sir. So, what are, what are we going to talk about? I know, I know, John. John could probably talk for forever, forty hours if he wanted. Yeah, we we talked Straight. a lot about spirituality, religion, energy, okay. stuff like that. So, you want to lighten it up? Let's lighten it up. Let's have some fun. Let's have some fun. Let's talk about the old days. Let's talk about the old days. Let's talk about when we were young teens and or twenty somethings. Causing trouble, having fun, living life to the fullest, and or what we thought was the fullest. Let's. Going on road trips, going to shows, being jackasses. Yes. So, <laughs> um, for those that don't know, Brandon McGrath is my absolute best friend, um, which, which is hard to do because I can be hypercritical and salty and very moody it's just it's it's my makeup it's 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 who i am and he's stuck with me and he's been there for me so many times and and you know i i see john and john has had so many different phases and steps in his life always wanting to to do well or do better or do worse you know sometimes he would do shit just to uh just to be a rabble rouser, and I and, and as as I was younger, I really was uh, pulled towards that rabble rousing. But I feel like you've always um, been kind of like on your own path. Did you did you act up? Sure, who didn't? But you've you've always been really like steadfast in 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 everything and. You've seen me jump around and move around and move everywhere, and so many times I've had to call you and say, "Uh, can you come? Uh, 
help me move back home or <laughs> whatever else. Come drive fucking 500 miles to help we, me move. Will you please drive uh, 1,100 miles to come pick me up and help me move back home? <laughs> and and it's always yes, of course. Of course. And, and um, sure, I have, I have plenty of friends, but um, there's only one that would do that. So um, how old are you now? 34. So he's 34, I'm 38. So... Let's tell the story about how when you guys, you McQueen guys, first started hanging out with us Unconquered Crew guys and how big of a dick I was. Because not much has changed, but there was there was one night where it all changed and, and we bonded. Yes. So for me, it's a little different though because I wasn't... I, w- I was started hanging out with you guys when I was in eighth grade, mm-hmm. um, late seventh eighth grade actually. So mm-hmm. a little bit before even the kids at McQueen started hanging out, like Bo Dean and all those, uh, Eric and those kids. Um, I first met you guys because I, you know, I found hardcore and straight edge. Um, my, one of my first shows that I went to was uh, the Integrity Show uh, with Bludgeon and a couple other bands at uh, at Left Hand Studios here in town, which was literally like a uh, like a shed with a you know a stage built, and it was this really cool, like very underground feeling uh, thing. And I was young, you know, I was, I was what thirteen at the time, probably. Um, yeah, because yeah, like, I was I was seventeen. Yeah, so yeah, you must was a little 13. skateboard kid, you know. And um, and just wanted to have fun and, and this new crazy style of music that was very angsty and and emotional and and um, eh, very relative to my what I felt was my life at the time. Um, and then I, you know I found uh, you know being straight edge and all that stuff. And then I and then so the next year uh, I go to McQueen. And all of a sudden, when I was the one kid who was straight edge at Billinghurst Middle School, now there's. 20 kids at McQueen yeah. who are who are sophomores who are all of a sudden straight edge who I've never seen before. Yeah. Um, and I had known, you know, I knew Jonah, I knew Cliff. I had, I had just barely gotten to know you before this all this stuff started happening. Um, but we weren't friends yet. Um, and, you know, because we would go out to... Um, because before them, there's like remember when Glenn uh, and Mike lived in that trailer together, and we'd go out there, yeah, um, and they, they, you know they cook, and we'd have like little get-togethers and stuff like that. So that's the memories I have when I was really, really just starting to come into it and whatnot. So the, then the McQueen kids come in. R.I.P. Mike. R- yeah, rest in peace, Mike. Um, rest in peace, Ty. Rest in peace, Phil. We lost a lot of friends uh, along the way, which is kind of tragic because we're young still. So it's it's very odd, but. That's that's life though. Like yeah. we said earlier, death death is one of the only certainties. So, um, so then yeah, you know, coming to Queen, all these kids are straight edge and into hardcore and stuff, and it was very weird um, at first seeing that uh, because I felt like something that was so um, so new and fresh and underground and counterculture was now becoming a trend, and I didn't like that at oh, first. It absolutely, was at that time. Yeah, I hated it. Um, but anyhow. Fast forward to, you know, a little bit, probably later that, uh, maybe that year when we're all going to shows and going on road trips together and stuff like that. That's after New Blood and Bludgeon broke up. Fall Silent was formed on their side. Unconquered was formed on our side. Yeah. And and to, to clarify for those listeners, there was um, 
for some reason, what ended up happening, and it ended up being over a girl, and and then people, um, you know, like not, it's always over. A girl, it's always over it? a girl. Um, one of our friends was dating a girl, and then one of uh, this other guy ended up having sex with her, and it caused them to be you know mortal enemies. And so we were friends with the one guy and had to side with him, and they were friends with the other guy. There's a big scene split. Yeah, from 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 a uh, hundred crazy kids that. Where, you know, there was football players, skateboarders, straight-edge kids, just everybody in, like, the, the Reno hardcore scene in uh, 94. Like, this big thing happened, and there was a big scene split. And we became the meathead, tough guy, straight-edge dudes, and they became the um, false silent crew. Yeah. Which was, which was funny, because they were still straight-edge at first... Um, but then, you know, uh, I mean, they even had a, that first seven inch that false island had a weak minds on it. That was about being straight edge and overcoming, you know, being weak. No, that, was the, that was the new blood. That was the new blood. Seven oh, inch. was that on the new yeah, blood? I yeah. thought that they did. Oh, you're right. You're right. So I'm getting, I'm getting that mixed up. My bad. Um, anyhow, anyhow. Um, oh, never forget. That's right. That was the first one, right? Anyhow, but whatever. Um, Mind is going all different places because it was so long ago. This is literally 22 22 years ago. Yeah. So, um, born from all of that chaos and stuff was a band Fall Silent and a band Unconquered that uh, a bunch of us played in. Uh, There was a band Last Standing that Jess uh, sang for that was was actually really great. Yeah, Uh, probably should have done something. Yeah, absolutely. Unconquered was really fun. We definitely could have done more with it, um, especially in um, in teaching Jason how to sing a little bit better, uh, be more on time. Not better, but be more on time uh, and stuff, because the new material we were writing after the reunion was really good quality. Like, Glenn had some good riffs, and we came up with some good stuff, and, and, and lyrically, um, lyrically, he was always, Jason was always very strong, but he just, the cadencing and stuff was off, so when I, we would, like, hang out, and I'd kind of coach him, and when he was on, it sounded so good. And he had such, like, a, a powerful, mean voice. Yeah. And, and bravado, that, yeah, too. And that, that really, uh, yeah, such a powerful presence, but such a powerful, mean voice that, that really, like, sunk into you, you know, like, like for for with with music, I'm sure any of us kind of music snobs go, okay, who's this band? First question, where are they from? You know, and when you know that they're from a city that that you've been to, that's kind of fucking rough. You 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 instantly give them some sort of credit. But if they're you know, like I hate to say, like like upper middle class fucking white kids from the Orange Burbs, County or some shit. Orange County, yeah. Um, you're like, yeah, whatever. Um, Twenty <laughs> year old kid, you're screaming into my ear. What, like, what the fuck do you know about life? Please, you know, bitch, please. Yeah, absolutely. So back to back to ninety five ish, and and yeah. you and I. It, it, yeah, would have been a little bit later. Would have been probably ninety seven. You're right, ninety seven yeah. because we lived at the compound exactly. Um, and then, funny, a couple years later, I ended up moving into the compound, um, but. Yeah, we were 97, 98-ish. I was dating a girl and um, kind of was, I wouldn't say it was like high school sweetheart, but it was like the girl that I dated for a long time and we were always going through stuff because she was batshit crazy and I didn't recognize it at the time because I was in puppy love. Yeah, this is your first real Real relationship. relationship. Yeah, exactly. Um, So for me... Everything that happened was this cathartic, crazy experience where where I had to come to some profound realization of of love and existence and blah blah blah. Because I mean, we were listening to very dramatic music at the yeah. time, and and we painted 
our lives in that dramatic way. We painted our lives very dramatically. Absolutely. Um, which was fun, but also, you know, maybe detrimental to our learning curve at the time, but who knows? <laughs> um, and, uh, and I didn't, for the longest time, I didn't, A, like how Jess was, and I also didn't like how, um, kind of mean spirited he was and how he was very authoritative and tried to be that way over people. And, um, for the longest time we didn't like each other Yeah. for, you know, probably a couple years you were skeptical yeah. about me. I was skeptical about you. Yeah. Um, but then, and I don't know what the first step was. I don't know if it was, I came to you and was like, Hey man, or like maybe I came to the piercing shop and, and, and said, Hey, you know, I want to get my ears pierced or whatever, Something, blah, yeah. blah, blah. Some sort of olive branch was extended at yeah. some point. Um, which was good. And my literal, literal best friend for the last 20 years was born yeah. out of that, which is pretty fucking cool. Yeah. And, you know, I come across people all the time who have relationships, friendships, acquaintances, all this stuff, but never do I come across, if I do, it's very rare. It's like, you know, getting hit by lightning. Never do I come across somebody that has a best friend that, A, knows as much about each other as we do. B, would be there as much as we are for each other. Um, and C is just... Uh, uh, definitely keep it real with each other. Yeah. Like, like yeah. no, That's nobody, true friendship. Nobody really has checked me in my past like you have. Yeah. And probably vice versa. Absolutely vice versa. You know? um, a lot of my personality traits, a lot of the things that are good about me are because you said, hey... You're too abrasive, or this, or and that, imposing. or whatever. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I'm too uh, mean spirited, or whatever. Like, yeah, like yeah, I, it's. And I need to hear that. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. Um, throughout throughout the last couple decades, like I said, uh, Brandon has been there for me multiple times, so many times. I've had so many road trips um we were arrested together <laughs> that's a good story we should tell that story for we sure should tell that story so okay um has to do with graffiti in that what, what year was this this was 2000 2001 no yeah so it was after the rugby fight yeah. because that's why that's why i got arrested otherwise yeah. i wouldn't have got arrested that night right. and another funny thing was that, and I don't know if I told you this, but the cop that arrested us knew my mom and knew me. Oh, shit. That's why he was so weirded out about having yeah. to arrest me. He's all, I'm sorry, Brandon, but blah, blah, blah. And you were in the car. So anyhow, um, that was weird. But what happened was, uh, or, or sorry, well, I'll let you tell a story. It was, it had to be 2000, just turned 2001. It had I to think. be, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so um, at the time, I was, I was really heavily involved in graffiti. Um, you know, young man... Uh, graffiti is a game of ego. Young man, raised with no dad, having to prove himself, being over, you know, you know, doing stuff like graffiti or fighting or or being a jackass or, or treating people like shit. That's that's really the place I was at at the time. Yeah, it was our mo. Yeah, yeah, you know, absolutely or your mo for sure at the time. And um, there was there was there's an elder here in town who, um, for whatever reason, he and I just never. We we were never cool. Like he he's he was kind of the exact same way. So of course we weren't cool. He was a he was a dickhead, and and I was a younger dickhead. So one night I went out, and he had a lot of stuff up in town. One night I went out and and dissed everything he has uh, running. So 
that means I painted over whatever graffiti he had in town mm-hmm. for those non-graffiti writers. For the layperson. And um, Brandon and I were driving around. Brandon was driving, and I was painting. And we were headed back to my house, and I remember he had one more thing running on 2nd Street behind one of the crackhead motels. I'm like, yo, let's turn around. Let's go back and get that spot. Then we can go home, or we can go to the Pepper Mill and eat breakfast yeah. at 3 a.m. And so we pull up the spot. Brandon's driving. I jump out. I start painting over uh, this dude and a like an unmarked, like I don't know what kind of car it was, like rolls up on us super quick. And it wasn't a cop car. So I thought it was a hero. And, and at this time, like, well, what you know, my, my mindset was like, well, what the fuck is this guy going to do to me? For those that don't know, a hero is a bystander that tries to be a cop when they see somebody doing graffiti, basically. And I wasn't worried about any heroes. No. Um, so I realized that it wasn't a hero and it was a cop. So I jump in my car and I tell Brandon, drive, drive, drive. And we, we pull out the parking lot and he's behind us and lights us up. So we pull into another parking lot of a crackhead hotel and gets us out, snatches me up right away, cuffs me, calls the paddy wagon and then runs Brandon and Brandon has a warrant for... Battery? Battery. And so Brandon and I both get hemmed up and back of the paddy wagon. We go up to jail. Sewed up. Sewed up. Off that jail. Um, we get into jail. It, it was, it was, what was funny is like, at first we were both kind of shook because first time we were arrested, we get into jail and the way the jail's set up is that everybody that's in processing is in one big room. The, the men are in the back and the women are in the front, and Brandon and I sit next to each other, and we start to crack jokes. And <laughs> it's, it's you know, like, by this time, it's probably like 3 a.m., 4 a.m., and they're bringing in, every now and then, they're bringing in, like, younger, cute girls who have been, like, um, busted for drunk driving. And, and, like, under our breath, like, Brandon's like, yo, what's up, girl? <laughs> like, like the, to these fucking girls that are just bawling because they, they're getting arrested. And, um... There's like there's like a couple like janitors there that are that are uh, inmates of the the jail and like they're like mopping around us and like we're like 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 slide dissing them like trying to like like trying to like run our mouths to them a little bit like like while they're mopping close to us <laughs> saying that we're running the yard and shit like yeah. we, we we run this room what and up, homie? just yeah talking shit and um we both got out on our OR and um. That was it. But that was the first time we were arrested. We were both arrested the first yeah. time together, and uh, it was funny. It was hilarious. More graffiti. What movie? What more graffiti movie was that on? week? Wasn't there a- Carlito's Way? Yeah. Yeah. Why would you play Carlito's Way in jail? Yeah, it was a great movie. Shit's dope, yeah. yeah it's it fantastic. always reminds me of being in jail. <laughs> yeah, there, there, was a, there was a TV up in the corner playing Carlito's Way. That's so funny. And the hot girl, I remember vividly the hot girl in the in the tight dress that came in was bawling, and she sat in the row with us, and I was trying to holler at her, and then the, the lady intake uh, was like, no, you gotta go up to the front, and like yelled at her, yeah. and then she looked at me and like gave me, gave me the na-na-na. Na-na-na, <laughs> see? Uh, shit. So yeah, there's a there's, there's hundred million stories like that um, about us. Um, when I lived in, I, I moved to San Diego two different times from Reno. And Brandon would come down and visit for, you know, sometimes a, a while, you know, five days at a time. And we would just uh, 
go to the beach and be jackasses and fuck around and have a lot of fun and a lot of laughs. Even working together, we had a lot of fun. Yeah. Which was pretty damn great. Mm-hmm. So, um, where do you want to go from here? Um, let's see. Well, I mean, we're already on, already kind of in the topic of our youth and the fact that we were such a big part of this kind of subculture uh, that was very underground, especially before the internet in, in Reno and across the United States in several different cities with bands and, and, and movements such as straight edge and veganism and, and vegetarianism and all this stuff and all these very staunch views and philosophies that came from and could only come from a youth movement, Yeah, um, which was pretty cool. But just the fact that um, as a youth, we weren't normal kids who just did normal shit. We sure. were part of something that was bigger than ourselves. And, and that's definitely like why what made me have the elitist fucking shithead attitude. Yeah. Like, like when I was still in high school, all my friends were 20 and big monsters with tattoos and that wasn't around back then. And instead of going to the hills and going and partying in the hills and watching people drink, I was in Oakland at shows or in San Francisco at shows or in San Diego at shows, you know, yeah. as a junior in high school. Where, whereas everybody I went to high school with like, is my fucking hick-ass high school. Um, we're just fucking dumbasses. Yeah. And, 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 I, and I worked at a cool skate shop and I, and I thought I was better than them. And that's what gave me that... Yeah. Shitty ass attitude, and I would fucking show off for my older friends to to try to get their fucking approval, and and that kind of stuck for quite a while. Yeah, I, I mean, it was a literally a never ending cycle of of just kind of having fun and one upping each other, and, absolutely, and being noticed. And who, who could have the craziest stories with with whether it's a fight story or with a hot with a female, girl yeah, or what, whatever the case may be, and and um, just trying to impress the older guys and. Trying to impress the younger guys, and and now I'm an old man, and look back and go, you know the well, the internet ruined everything. You know, like back in the days, it was a subculture. You had to know, you had to be in the know to come hang out with us, and we didn't accept anybody. Like like definitely tourists came, tried to come kick it with us, and and they they were booted immediately. Um, and now, like as an old man, you know, you can you can hop on the nerd box and look up, you know, how to dress to look like this subculture then um now you're yeah. automatically accepted you have these fucking what music nerds to listen to, yeah. what style you exactly. to dress in it's, it's all like, readily yeah, available it's fucking paint by numbers there's no subcultures anymore yeah. so um everything is all mainstream because it's on the stream that is the internet it's yeah. like just like learning about pita or or veganism or or learning about other bands yeah. or whatever either they toured through your town or you went to their town to see them or or they came and set up a booth at a show yeah, and delivered like pam- pamphlets yeah, or, or exactly yeah, zines. Think about flyering. Even something yeah. as simple as that, like and how fun it was to go to Kinkos in the middle of the night with a you know cut up newspaper yeah. and uh, you know a sheet of um, you know cardstock or whatever, and to make fun flyers for shows. Yeah, and and, print and then, them out. And then the next day go to the malls and, and hand them hand out them to out. girls and say there's going to be a lot of dudes here. Yeah, you know, and the girls would show up and have a great time yeah. and they'd be like, oh, there's hot boys everywhere. Yeah. Oh, now fucking I'm straight edge with, too. With, with their blah, blah, shirt blah. off, fucking moshing. Yeah. They yeah, loved it. They they did love it. It was. And, and like I said, I'm an old man now and said, well, back in my day, it was so much better because it was so much pure, but um, it's It was it's more true. pure. It was more pure. It's, it's true. Yeah. I mean, I mean, like, like, sure, image was an issue back then. And like I just said, you know, I was trying to show off for the older guys, the, the younger guys, you know, trying to make a name for myself. But 
um, image was 25% of it, whereas now image is 90% of it. Like, yeah. look how fucking cool, like, I'm a fucking cool guy, but, like, these people who are cool guys, like, have no cool guy resume. Like, they have no, they, they never gotten the shit, you know, yep. they never fucking, uh, paid dues. They never, they don't, they don't have any things on their cool guy resume. Yeah. Like I know, and again, at thirty-eight, as a dad, I'm still. That's still an elitist point of view, but I don't give a fuck. It's true, though. It's true. There's a lot of yeah. truth to it. You know, like like it's it's. Uh... I think a good analogy for it is, and and this is so prevalent nowadays, is the people at, at concerts, the people who pay money to go somewhere to see somebody perform, and they're on their fucking cell phone recording it the whole time. Yeah. Instead of putting their cell phone away and actually watching it and being in the moment and enjoying the show that they paid for to be there. Yeah. Instead of that, they're on their fucking phone because yeah. they're worried about what their, however many Facebook friends or, mm-hmm. or Twitter friends or, or Instagram friends, they're worried about what they think more than their own personal experience. Sure. And that, in a nutshell, sums up society today. Yeah. Back, back when, it, you know, from 95 to... 2003 when when i was coming up in hardcore and straight edge and, and and all the stuff that we went through you had to work to be somebody's friend you had to work to be part of straight mm-hmm. edge you had to work to be uh, to know to have the knowledge yeah. to be part of those things whereas yeah. now there's zero work you, yeah. you dial it up on the internet find out what you got to do what kind of exactly. uniform you got to wear what kind of music got to listen to within 10 minutes you know what to do yeah. to be part of something else yeah like i said just fucking nerds yeah nerds trying to trying to join and in yeah. i was very prominent at not letting those people in like that was one of my jobs yeah um so i was such a fucking dick yeah well yeah you didn't want somebody identifying with your philosophy no. that was not real had to work for it that was a fucking yeah bullshit, i was i was i was bullshit a, tourist. To, to, to young kids i was i was a dick to, to a lot of kids for at least a year until like until they earned your respect yeah and that's another thing I hate. I hate about. I hate the fact that respect. That the younger generation think that respect is just something that comes with being alive. Yeah. That it's just handed to you, and and you have to you have to do something to alleviate or make that respect go away. That's bullshit. You're not respected. Yeah. And you have to earn my respect. You have to earn my adoration yeah. and admiration, and and understand that it's work, and. You being a good person and your experiences around me that's going to make me feel that way, not the other way around. Yeah. You you, you, know? you, you start at zero and make your way to a hundred. It's fucking right. Not not the opposite. Like my yeah. my girl, my fiance, um, is quite a bit younger than me. And and I tell her all the time, everybody is full of shit until they prove otherwise. Yeah. Everybody fucking lies. Everybody fucking just trying to get the image of, of again being a cool guy or whatever, whatever their fucking agenda is. Everybody is full of shit until they prove themselves otherwise. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah. And, and as skeptical as that is, I think that's probably, uh, if you don't want to have to deal with bullshit, that's the best way to go through life. Absolutely. You know, make people earn your friendship, your yeah. respect, your your admiration. Show um, and prove. Absolutely. It's a little bit different than John's I love everybody unconditionally. It's just, yeah. it's, like I said before, it's, it's not in my makeup. Well, I think being skeptical is healthy. That's that's one of the reasons why I don't believe in religion like he yeah. does. And I don't believe in God because man created that. Yeah. And man is flawed. Yeah. I mean, the one truth other than death is that man is fallible and flawed. Yeah. You know? And that rising above those flaws and those fouls is what makes you truly human. And mm-hmm. what makes you uh, a real... Um, 
participant of humanity Absolutely. and a real person who cares about those around you. And, and that's the thing. Again, you have to earn that. It takes work to attain that. Yeah. Everybody can be shitty. Yeah. That's easy. The hard part is truly being able to love unconditionally, but but also earning that. Yeah. Um, and that's how that's how I choose to live. Way less long winded than John's tirade yeah. about it earlier, but you know. And it, and it comes through many life lessons. You know, like like we've all we've all been through plenty of things that that have uh, changed us. Yeah. You know, like um, and 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 I I know for myself I am I am much kinder than I have been in the past. Yeah. And and it's 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 important to me to be kinder than i was in the past now whereas before like i i viewed it as like a weakness you know a chink in the armor to be kind or to 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 be be nice but um i'll take a little bit th- of those those are those are defense mechanisms <laughs> yeah, you know again absolutely. a kid growing up without a dad you don't know how to act like a man so you fucking overdo it and, yeah. and you fuck up you know you over fucking compensate yeah like it's 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 you you have no blueprint so now you know in the last couple of years i'm learning I yes guess. well and and with the arrival of sunny it's you know it's instant learning you know yeah. it's just like throw him to the wolves and 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 sink or swim and you've done a great job as a dad which is you know very you. admirable um not only that but you have a beautiful baby boy who is just going to be an awesome kid you could tell Tell he's gonna be awesome. Yeah, and so it's it's awesome. You know, even 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 helps my skepticism as far as having children. Sure, you know, you're always skeptical, but when you see somebody that's life wise in the same position as you, and in and, and kind of sees the world like you do, and then they have a kid and they're doing so well, and and it's a beautiful experience and stuff. It's mm-hmm. like I can do this too. You yeah. know, it's really rad. So it's it's like I said, it's it's fun. It's cool. It's great. I love it. Um I, I would like for you to have a baby so our babies can chill together and um, get in trouble together. I know. Sooner than later, right? Yeah. Maybe later this year sometime. That'd be cool. After I do some tripping and farting right. around. All that cool stuff. Um, you know, one of my favorite memories of us growing up is going up to our favorite place in pretty much the world, which is the Yuba. Yeah. Which, for those of you who don't know, is a river that is... Uh, Northwest of us, um, in the mountains of in the Sierra Nevada mountains, and uh, and it's just gorgeous, crystal clear water. It's all mostly all snow runoff. Um, I think it's all snow runoff actually, um, and maybe some spring water and stuff like that. But it's um, we live right by Lake Tahoe, and Lake Tahoe is pretty damn cold because it's all snow runoff. It's very deep, uh, and the lake does slowly turn from bottom to top, so you get that really cold water that's constantly cycling through to the top. Um, so the lake never gets that warm. It's not that swimmable, but the Yuba, this gorgeous crystal clear water, all, you know, all riverbed and, and granite and just these amazing formations and stuff and these deep, nice swim holes and rocks to jump off of and just beautiful forest all around it. Um, and the water gets really warm, um, around, you know, late June, early July. Um, and we would all go up there road trip with friends go up there bring food and and a ton of stuff and just hang out for for you know sometimes for you know go up one day and then go up the next day absolutely we just caravan up there yeah Yeah, we'd have like four or five cars of us going up there and just uh you know and 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 the the different groups of friends like we brought together you know there was like i said there was white skateboard kids there was mexican cholos there was like preppy girls um there was just regular scumbag 
hardcore graffiti kids, um, like in this big group, and we'd go up there and we'd all have have such a great time. And and you know, um, we we still go. Like we would we we went this this last summer. You know, yeah. And I, I would have never thought back then that I would bring my baby up there and he'd be floating around and in, in, in on his floaty and. The Yuba, like that's it's such a trippy thought. Yeah, it's, it had to be a profound experience yeah. for you to be in one of the places that you love the most, that you have tons of memories at, and being able to start creating new memories with something that you created, mm-hmm. literally, biologically created, which is awesome. You know, it, it's beyond tangible thought because until you have your own son or your own offspring or whatever else, you can't ex- truly experience that. Yeah. You know, that's I definitely like. Um, I lived in San Diego for about eight years total, and. Uh, even being down there and how gorgeous San Diego is, perfect weather, perfect everything. Um, I miss Tahoe and the Yuba, you know. I and when I was in Texas, landlocked, I miss Tahoe and the Yuba much more than I miss the the beach in San yeah. Diego. It's yeah. just it's what I grew up with. It's just it's just the the most gorgeous place ever. Yeah, and and the memories and stuff. It's like, yeah. just you know stupid shit like. Like me peeing on Cadron on the rock yeah. and just random, you know, just so many fun, fun, amazing memories up there. Absolutely, I love it, man. Life, life has been good with with my best friend Jess Brown. Yes, sir. We've done a lot of cool stuff and had a lot of fun. Got in a lot of trouble. Yeah. Had a lot of laughs. Had a lot of relationships we've been through together. Yes. Wow. Um, me more so than you. You've been yeah. you've been steady with Val for. Like 50 years now? 50 years. <laughs> uh, 10. 10 years. 10 years. 10 years. It's a long time, man. It's Especially since we're only 34. Yeah. So it's, it was 10 years on New Year's this last year. And we've had two technical breakups, kind of. No, one. One technical breakup. that lasted, I want to say, about six months. Yeah. Um, and it was funny because in that breakup, kind of my transition was that, you know, I dated a couple girls and fooled around, did this and that. But in doing that, um, just seeing the way females were after, and, and we broke up after, you know, we were together for, I want to say five years or so. So it was a long time. I was probably 29 or 30 at the time. Um, and when that happened, um, you know, my thing was like, okay, well, I need to go take, you know, better care of myself, be back out on the market, be more social, blah, blah, blah. So I did. And I meet these females who, because of even just the little bit of time that has changed, are very different in the way they act towards men. And, and you know, having like this hypersexual experience with one and then having one that was just like super flaky and, and like a borderline alcoholic and, and like in, in just a few months dealing with all of that stuff and then realizing that stability is a commodity. Oh, absolutely. A huge commodity. Um, and, and realizing that, um, you know how, and I hate to say that, but the outside perspective allowed me to appreciate more what I had sure. before. Um, and so we got back together and, and things have been not perfect, you know, well, nothing, no, no nothing relationship is. is, nothing is, but they've been pretty damn good. Yeah. You know, and, uh, and short of dealing with little bullshit with my health in the last couple years, um, and then dealing with a, a knee injury that I, I haven't had any catastrophic injuries in years. Um, and then I ended up tearing my meniscus. So the last like four or five months has been has been kind of a, a literal pain and mm-hmm. a mental pain for both of us. Um, not being able to be as social as we want to be or go out as much or whatever else, but I've tried to make concessions and use my crutches where I can or whatever else to make sure that I can still go out and have fun and do whatever else. But but anyhow, in, 
in that relationship for a long time. I, I guess it's the Irish in me that makes me stick with things so long. Yeah. Um, it's very true that they that they say that you know Irish men will stick with something until it kills them or until they realize it, yeah. that's you know too bad for him. Um, so, but I have a good thing, and no, uh, you definitely do. And, yeah. and and I didn't I didn't understand it for a long time. And once you know when I was living out of town, but once I moved back and, and saw how you guys you guys' interaction, um, it, it, it makes sense to me. And. With with my current relationship, you know, my fiance India, she's she's an absolute introvert, and I've never dated an introvert before, yeah. and and dating an introvert makes me understand Valerie so much more. Yeah, because you and I are the same. We're both we're both sensitive extroverts. Yeah, and we have our times where we're um, we're not extrovert at all, but um, few I, and far between. Yeah. But yeah, well, probably more so now that we're older. I think. Yeah. Um, but. It makes me understand your relationship a lot better because of India being an introvert. Yeah, which is good because it, it's uh, for me it's frustrating, and that's that's what's great about our friendship is we can voice these things and have it not be a catastrophic thing. Where if if you're hypercritical about Valerie or I am about India, yeah. we we don't come from a from a point of of non-understanding yeah. and anger it's trying to understand the other's point of view yeah. and then coming to a consensus on mm-hmm. that point of view which i love mm-hmm. which i wish everybody could have sure you know and it's something that we're lucky to have in each other which is pretty damn cool yes. so um and i mean you, you've seen me through all of my relationships some of them you know great and some of them fucking god awful yeah um you, like I said, you, you've been there through through all of yeah. it. And well, and bad decisions and good ones, you know, yeah, too. Yeah. Whether it's relationships or everything else, you have to you have to be there. Absolutely. You know? <sighs> Crazy, man. Um, yeah. Yeah. Moving forward. Moving forward. So, one thing I find interesting is that we grew up listening to metal and hardcore and enjoying you know going to shows and letting out that angst and dancing and and hardcore dancing and and all that stuff and and being a part of crews and and uh you know really making a name for ourselves in that scene uh, doing all that stuff and then now that we're older um i more so than you still participate in it because i'm a musician at heart and i still love the music uh and respect it for the art rather than just being a part of it because of whether it's straight edge or being hardcore or whatever else i'm a part of it because i love the music and i have an outlet for it uh whereas you have completely separated from listening to really any type of that music completely yeah um it, it it doesn't appeal to me um i i don't know who it was i don't know what band it was but they were they were talking about their music, you know, during a, a mid-set banter and ha- about how, you know, this isn't pretty music. This is ugly music for an ugly world and uh, so on and so forth. Like, it's kind of, it's kind of that. And like I said previously when I was talking about cool guy shit, um, I don't want a 21 or a 25-year-old fucking dude screaming at me telling me how fucked up life is and this and that and how, blah, like, like, I, I'm. That's not where I'm at. Yeah. At the same time, I love trap, fucking southern, terrible rap. That's what I listen to the most of. And you yeah. hate it. Um, I don't hate it. You, I hate Gucci. You hate Gucci. I hate Gucci Man. 
I know. It, and it's it's because of his voice. You know, I told you that. He's yeah. a fucking marble mouth and I hate it. He he he's he's nasally, you know? Yeah. He's nasally. I don't know. And it's just his persona and stuff. It's just so weird to me. Like like I like we we could talk about this forever, forever. but but let's let's continue talking about the hardcore thing for okay. a second. Um I I don't need it anymore. It was there for when I needed it when I was a really angsty fucking angry kid. Um I needed to hear somebody screaming at me. I, I don't want anybody fucking screaming at me any fucking more. I have a baby who can scream at me. You know, like yeah. like fucking I don't I don't need that. Like like I don't like it. It's 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 dumb to me. Sure. It, 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 I mean, if 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 I want to listen to 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 music music, I will still listen to I'll listen to Radiohead. If I want to chill, I'll I'll put all my Radiohead albums on shuffle and just you know, vibe out to that. Um, I don't need, I don't need mostly white dudes screaming at me. It's not my shit. Word. I mean, uh, about three months ago I was at the gym and I did put on, um, chokehold content with dying and it brought back so many fucking memories. Um, one of the reasons why I listen to the music still is because I have so many memories attached to the shows that we went to and the, yeah. And and I got that feeling, you know, I got that feeling like I, I wanted to fucking, smash people's faces in again and and it was cool but like that's just not it's not where i'm at yeah you know it's it's i i I don't want people screaming at me but like it gave me along with along with good hip-hop in the 90s gave me my values like like a lot of us were into like i was really into chokehold of course um earth crisis all all the all the mid-90s straighted shit sure and 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 it it uh went along with you know, like we were talking about last night, like like the Ice Cube albums, you know, and the Lynch Mob albums that were saying, fuck the man, fuck the system, fuck God, you know, this, all this shit's bullshit. And and I stayed with that, you know, that's why uh, my politics are very left-leaning still, and I'm for, you know, the, the, the small dog in the fight, not, you know, fuck Donald Trump. Yeah. You know, like, like that, that, those are my views. Uh, you know, some of our friends went, way right and and they think that's what's right you know we all basically want the best for ourselves and our families and each other yeah that the ones who went way right or the ones who've recently gone religious um that's what they need and that's what they think is right so so i don't i don't point blame at them but like could you imagine if all the fucking bros here's a theory could you imagine if all the fucking bros who fucking screamed Fuck you, I won't do what you tell me at Rage Against the Machine concerts were fucking active fucking in the political process and were were super leftist. That'd be insane. Yeah. Like like those bros felt that. Fuck you, I won't do what you tell me or, or knew every single Rage Against the Machine lyric. Yeah. But but they just wanted to fucking mosh. Yeah. And they just liked that angsty feeling of yelling, Fuck totally. you, I would I I won't do what you tell me. They didn't but, live it. But but like that was the biggest anti the man band like like in our generation yeah like they got huge like no other band does that like they had such an influence and it made no influence george bush was elected after rage against the machine like twice we stole it twice but well remember what's funny about that now rage against the machine story and i'll be quick about this and we'll go right back to the topic but that album came out in 1992 yeah that didn't gain popularity that song didn't even come out on mtv until almost 2001. 
Really? Yeah. If you look back on it, the time when all the bros are freaking out and screaming Rage Against Machine lyrics is when Killing the Name finally got a video, which wasn't until almost 2000. Yeah. The, the thing was is that like when Rage Against Machine released that album, and I think it was on Interscope, which was the same label that uh, Ice Cube was on. Yeah, yeah. Um, the reason why I, I bought it when it came out, A, was it was next to Tool. Yeah. I was into Tool at the time on the shelf. I bought that, and I bought that Rage Against Machine album. And I think uh, I think Far Beyond Driven came out then too, mm-hmm. the Pantera album, or maybe one earlier. Um, yeah, it was one earlier because Far Beyond Driven was a little bit later. Um, and it was I remember putting that CD in, and and a they were still tapes up until that point too. So yeah. everything was on CD now. Yeah. They were expensive, but they were the cool thing, and it was digital. Yeah. And and everybody had a CD Walkman at the time, and uh, and so I had the CD and I put it in, and that first song comes on, and I'm just like, holy shit. Yeah. This is so real. Like it was such good music. Too. Yeah, it was like, awesome. Yeah, but it only it stayed very underground for a good yeah. fucking six or seven years before it ever got popular. I didn't know that. Yeah, and if you look at it, they didn't have a, a video. Even even the like like the underground video stuff that they made probably wasn't until the late nineties. Yeah. Probably, maybe like 97 when it first started to do its thing. Yeah, it was crazy how long it took for them to get really popular. But yeah, but then what made it popular was that when it became mainstream because of the videos and stuff like that, then yeah, the bros latched onto it because it was cool that they were singing Fuck You, I don't know what they tell me. But it was the buzzword, the fuck you that got yeah, them. Yeah, it wasn't the, the actual message. voice yeah, or message. It wasn't the message. Yeah. And that's the difference between between us and our subculture and the way we brought ourselves up. And we processed that information. Exactly. And the people who I feel weren't raised right to look at music, to look at art that way. To look yeah. at art as an expression, not just some bullshit for you to listen to yeah. in the background. You know? Yeah, they, they can consume it. Just, just which is, in, in and out. Yeah, yeah, which is one of the reasons why to, to today I still respect and like hardcore and and metal and stuff like that and certain types because i can look at it and see who's genuine and who's not yeah and i'll like the bands that i think are are real sure and the ones that are not and that's across the board and i've kind of you know really my life philosophy and 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 comes back to you saying that i've kind of been on my own path i think i do that with everything yeah i think everything deserves a look everything deserves a chance rather than you know, rather than making a snap judgment on something, mm-hmm. you know, it's like the joke, I'm trisexual, I'll try anything once. Maybe yeah. it's fun, you never know. And so for me, my life view has always been that. Yeah. Um, and I think it's helped me lead a, a much fuller life than a lot of people who are my mm-hmm. age. And, and so I respect that. Uh, and I respect the people who have allowed me uh, to be a part of their life. Sure. Because of it, which is pretty fucking fun. Absolutely. Pretty cool. Uh, m- music's awesome. You know, we, we've both been really involved in music. Um, all different types of music. You know, we we've gone to a million different shows of different genres. Um, but yeah, um, trap rap. A trap rap. Trap rap. I love I love those deep, almost like house undertones and the slow kind of methodical approach to trap music. I think it's great. I think that there is beauty in some of that music because mm-hmm. there's a lot going on. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot more to it than just, you know, yeah. just the surface. It, it has to be the, a, a real, real precise formula to to get that that feeling. I mean, you, you go on World Star or Dat Piff or any of that, and there's, there's you know, fucking 700 mixtapes released a day, but there might be that one song that just fucking... That just has that formula that that puts you in that moment right there, whether it's in New Orleans or Atlanta, and and you uh, 
you're you're just that that gives you that feeling, you know, of let's go out and kill people and sell dope. Fuck shit up. <laughs> totally. Fuck, fuck hoes. Kill Let's people live a and, complete yeah. lifestyle that's against everything. Yeah, yeah. Fuck and, it. It's like, 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 and it's the same thing. Like people like fucking the bad guy in Wild West movies. Like yeah. it's, it's not a whole lot different. You know, yeah. it's the same fucking thing. I find myself rooting for the antagonist a lot. I love in it. A lot of I love it. Yeah. And, and it's just again subcultures where we're fucking raised. Yeah. You know the underdog. For sure. You know. So, you know, I like when you see people robbing banks. Yeah. I, I all the time want the dude to just get away with it. The yeah. money's insured. Yeah. Fuck the bank. The well, bank's I mean, screwed over more people than the one person who's going to rob a fucking bank anyway. Let them yeah. have the fucking money. I mean, in in any of the Italian mob movies, we're not we're not we're not hoping that the cops bust them and put them in no, jail forever. We're hoping they we prosper. Want, we want yeah, Joe Pesci to fucking win. We want <laughs> fucking fucking Don Corleone to get fucking to, whacked to fucking, in the cornfield. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, it's we, we up. want we wanted yeah we want the antagonist to fucking be successful and it's I think it's the same type of thing with with trap rap yeah yeah I, it's to the end of casino yeah when they get fucking clapped up in the fucking not even clapped up just straight batted up yeah and put in the fucking cornfield and then clapped up and that was that was really how those people were were killed yeah. that that shit that shit was real so that's real life yeah. It's crazy. Real life situation that is. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Got to man enough to handle them real life situations. Yeah. Can't so, be feeding baby out that dope money. That's right. I love Outcast. Yeah. So, this has been a fantastic podcast. Yes. And we've gone over a ton of stuff. Yes. But, uh, and or we're at probably the time frame where we need to stop. Yes. But we'll definitely be doing more of this in the future because this is fun. Okay. It's a good time. Word. So thank you, Mr. Brown, for coming on the Hella Podcast. Uh, for those of you who want to talk or participate in dialogue, feel free to email me at brandon at thehellapodcast.com. Um, Mr. Brown, do you have an email or anything you want to shout out before we like, go? If you'd like to see how cute my baby is, my Instagram is big underscore handsome. Give shout outs to Sunny and Indy. Yeah. All my folks. All them folks. That's it. That's all. That's it and that's all. Keep listening, guys. Uh, please help promote the podcast. We're doing a lot of fun stuff here. If you want to be on the podcast, email me. Uh, we're happy to have anybody from all walks of life, uh, all opinions. Everyone's welcome. This is a no-holds-barred type situation. So feel free to hit us up. Um, we got a Facebook page. Go like that. Uh, I'll be finishing the website hopefully in the next couple weeks. And uh, just spread the love, people. That's what it's all about. You know, we're talking about tonight. Just make sure that uh, if you get a chance to every day, make sure you say hi to to people who deserve to say hi to. Make sure you hold the door for somebody who might not expect it. Uh, do those things that, uh, that help the world go around and be a better place. So love all of you. Thank you very much for listening. Peace.